Hey, y'all. Thank you for coming to hang out with Mikkel and Candace on the Front Porch Podcast, where we have intimate intergenerational conversations. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a cool drink, and we'll see you on the Front Porch. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Front Porch Podcast, where we have intimate intergenerational conversations to connect learn and build from each other. I am Candace, your resident Gen Xer. <laughs> and my lovely co-host is Mikkel, who is a millennial. Uh, older, and, the older and, millennial. Okay, that's right. Older millennial. That's right. Mikkel's on the bubble. <laughs> uh, on this episode, we are headed to the front porch to talk about relationships and community and how we define these relationships and community. So, Mikkel, who's joining us on the front porch today for this much needed conversation? So on the front porch today is just a lot of light, a lot of love, a lot of great essence. And we have Jamal, Ashani, and Keshev joining us on the front porch. Hey, y'all. Thank you for being on the porch with us. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Everybody should put a couple on the porch with. <laughs> so before we jump in, please tell us and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what generation you're a part of. So let's start with Jamal. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Um, as the resident Gen Zer, I do feel like I'm being uh, invited to sit at the adult table. Uh, so this is a little exciting. <laughs> um, yes. Hi, I'm Jamal. I am currently a second year law student. Um, I would describe myself as an optimistic realist. I try to be incredibly intentional in everything I do. And my motto usually is there's always a silver lining. So I feel like that little sums me up a little bit. Yes, honey. Mm, we're at the adult table with you. Right. <laughs> uh, Ashani. Hi, I am Ashani, pronouns she, her, hers. Um, as you can probably tell from the accent, I'm from London, UK. I'm currently living in Boston. Um, I was a student here at Harvard University last year and I'm working at the university. Um, and that's what brought me here. And what's kept me staying and growing here, I'd say, is, is this sense of community um, and wanting to continue learning. Um, I'm an educator by practice, but a learner at heart. And I feel like um, I feel like this is the space for that. And I keep finding spaces where I'm always trying to learn. Um, if I had a t-shirt that had my catchphrase on it, it would be, I'm a tea drinker and overthinker. Um, I think that describes a lot about me um, in so many ways. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's it. If anyone wants those t-shirts, I may turn that into a brand. because I Trademark <laughs> 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 that, yeah. Right. And Ashani, you're a millennial, right? I am a millennial. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's me next then. Uh, so my name is Geshev. My pronouns are he, him, his. And as you can also probably hear, I'm from the UK. Uh, I am part of the millennial generation, uh, born in the 90s. And my passion in life is I wish we were taught more about ourselves and how to bring out our best selves whatever that looks like wherever we're from whatever we're going through um 
And so what I do is I run two organizations. One is a social enterprise which works with young people from less advantaged communities and teaches them the core personal, social and global topics that we're not taught in formal education. And secondly, I run a leadership development company that produces videos on YouTube and also runs workshops um, for businesses, organizations around inclusive leadership. Um, so that's why I do what I do. And uh, I'm really, really honored to be here sitting on the front porch with you all overthinking, drinking tea. And uh, I'm looking for a rocking chair to relax on at the moment. So. <laughs> I love it. I love that. So we're going to start with something that we call rapid fire before we really dig into the conversation on defining relationships and communities. So once you hear this rapid fire question, just answer with the first thing that comes to mind without taking a sip of your tea and overthinking about it. Okay. <laughs> so, and Kashev, you'll be the first one to respond on the rapid fire. So the question is, what's the status of your current relationship with yourself? Clear and focused. How many, can I just one word or one sentence? I can't remember. Well with it. Mm -hmm. um, what, what most people don't know about me is um, I am working and doing all these amazing, cool things, but I'm also a part-time carer. My grandmother is currently in end-of-life care. Um, in fact, just minutes before getting on this podcast, I was organizing all of her medication for the next two weeks. Mm. Um, and it's a really difficult situation, uh, as you can imagine, for the whole family, for her, for us, for me. Um, and every time I talk about it, the natural reaction, very understanding, uh, I really understand this, is, you know, like, are you okay? Are you burnt out? Like, you know, because it's, we have so many assumptions about what it means to care for somebody in a scenario like that. But I, I keep saying, like, in my mind, I only have one clear thought, and it's just stand up and be counted. Like, mm. all the things, all the development, all the stuff that I've done to work on myself right now, it's been activated even more. And the people that I love, the people that I care about, they are impacted by this. So for me, it's just this thing of, you know, I got this, I'm here. Like, let me carry you, let me help you, let me support you, let's support each other. So yeah, for me, it's it's really, really clear that relationship with myself of that that feeling and that drive and that um, drive system is is really engaged right now. So when I think of my relationship with myself, I, I know who I am and I know my values and I know why I want to be the person I want to be. And so it's like, let's, let's do this as well as all the other feelings that also come with a, a scenario like this. Yes. Mm. Powerful. Yeah. You, and you, you radiate clearness. It's in your energy. It's in your essence. It's in the glow of your skin. So yes, yes. Good, good one, Ashani. <laughs> 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 Jamal, I don't know if, I don't know if the audience knows why that was a good one for me yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> to preface that, this is my my fiance. <laughs> That's really a good one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Um, my first thought, the first word that came to my mind was soulmate. Like, I just really. I, I feel like I like growing up just like as a homosexual African-American man, I feel like 
there were so many people telling me what my identity identity was supposed to be. Um, there was no kind of representation of what my identity was on screen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just pulled in from what I felt like were not very positive sources. And just at this point in life, I feel like I'm at the point where one, I'm so grateful that I started being very intentional about my own development, my own growth, and what makes me happy, what's protecting your peace. Um, you know, you uh, being assertive in about what is your peace and what makes you happy is not you being aggressive. And so just kind of reframing that mindset and just having a more intentional mindset about myself yeah, I when I think of my relationship with myself, I think soulmate because I'm constantly growing, mm-hmm. but I am very grateful of where I am now. I like to express gratitude um, as well as maintain aspirations about being better. So, yeah, my soulmate, we're we're it's my best friend. I'm my own best friend. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So much delight on your face. So much mm-hmm. delight in your spirit as you even share that. I love it. Ashani, what about you? Uh, I feel right now my status is one of I'm learning and unlearning. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like in a real transition between, um, like I feel like I'm at a particular point. I'm about to t- turn 30 and there's just like, I feel like I'm transitioning to adulthood. Probably should have done that earlier, but <laughs> I don't know if that ever happens. I don't think I've met an adult who says they feel like an adult. Um, but there's definitely something that's like shifting um and like the last decade felt like a sprint I was defining my career and like working and and Keshav and I run an organization together and it was just like go 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 and travel the world and make impact and now this is my like that was my spring and my summer season and now I'm in my fall where I'm like okay it's time to pause it's time to slow down and like look at what I've done and who I am and what have I picked up? And like Jamal was saying, the messages that I picked up and is that really who I am? Do I still hold those beliefs and things that served me before? Do they still serve me now? And so it's really like a reflection fall season of there is parts of me that I don't know and I wanna explore and learn about who that is, but and also like unlearn as well. Um, so very open and and listening to, to what Ashani has to say. Um, but sometimes it's hard to hear because there's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I'm getting yeah. receptivity from everything that you that you shared. This position of mm-hmm. being receptive. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Candace? What's the current status of your relationship with Candace? Yeah. Uh so it's um I, I'm looking I've been as you all were talking and thinking, I was just kind of wanted to sit in the in the moment with you and I was also thinking, I was, man, what, what is the word that I want to use or the phrase? But it, it's um, recognizing and finding um, almost like uh, the, the value that I didn't know was there mm-hmm. or acknowledging it um, and, and being okay with saying, I, I have value in so many different places. I, I'm a benefit even to myself and just mm-hmm. being okay with with that and not shine away from saying, you know, no, there, there's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to, 
to explore and learn and grow, but, and, and there's value in all of that. So that's, that's kind of the, the status with, with myself right now. Um, I shared with someone just before we got on the podcast, they asked me to come and talk with a group of high school students on, on Saturday. And I said some time ago, and I said, absolutely. But we were talking about what I was going to say to them. And I said, you know, the one thing that I want them to know is that every opportunity is meant for them. Because I think sometimes we feel like, oh, that that opportunity is only for that person. Those people know absolutely not every single opportunity that comes before you is for you. And so, but, but that came for me to be able to say that, that just comes with me just exploring and finding my own value and knowing that opportunities are for me also. Yes, that's beautiful. I'm a benefit to myself. Yes. That's powerful, honey. Yes. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Mikkel, tell us what is the status? My current yourself? status with Mikkel is peaceful. I, I'm no longer warring with myself, mm. no longer in an adversarial relationship with myself from fear, from not believing in, in my treasure, from going into spaces and feeling like, okay, I can't show up as my full self. I got to observe, is it safe here? And my therapist really broke that for me. And he was kind of like, get out of here with, is it safe? That safe business. Like you're holding other people's expectations of you with greater importance than showing up as yourself. And that was like a form of people pleasing. I was like, I am not a people pleaser, sir. <laughs> you don't even show up as your full self in spaces. So I'm at a place now of just enjoying myself, all the like little quirks about me. Um, on days when I look in the mirror and I'm like, this natural hair isn't it. I say, yes, it is walk in it, be confident in it. You're more than your hair. You're more than your accessories. God has created you for a mighty purpose. So I'm no longer warring in here. I'm at peace in here. So that's my current status. That's really powerful, that that idea that you're warring with yourself. And almost, it makes me wonder um, how many people recognize that, right? That they are in war with themselves or that there's a part of them that they haven't yet come to I don't know, in agreement with, you know, and they're just, they are absolutely worn within themselves. And then how does that manifest in the relationships and the interactions they have with other people even? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I could just put this plug, if you're constantly in a state of frustration and blaming others, you are warring with yourself. <laughs> you're warring with yourself. Yes. Well, that's yeah, that, that was a lot. I had, to, I had to take a pause there for a minute, Mikhail, like, mm, okay, <laughs> I'm going to get this collection played out in a minute. <laughs> so we want to just get into the discussion. Um, thank you all for sharing all that. All That was all uh, just powerful already. <laughs> so, um, but we want to kind of get into a little bit more discussion about this whole idea of relationships. And we know that we define relationships differently. We think about them differently. We categorize relationships differently. We enter and exit relationships in different ways. And so I'm, I'm just wondering if you all can share a little bit about um, why you think relationships are consistently trending as a topic of debate or discussion. What is it about these ways in which we think about relationships and why is it always trending? Um, Jamal, how about how about you get us started? 
Yeah, you know, I really just think it's because relationships are so incredibly difficult to navigate. You know, um, I don't, I don't think there are any perfect formulas uh, to any kind of relationship. And because of so many of our relationships are cultivated, you know, as we were saying, from ourself and that projection we're giving off into the world. Um, I think that it's really difficult for everybody, you know? I do think there are some like general approaches we can try to apply, you know, being intentional, being honest and things like that. But there's so much beneath that when it comes to you understanding yourself, who you are in this relationship, and then taking into account another person in that relationship. And then also taking into account the where this relationship is is this a romantic relationship is this a friendship is this family um and so yeah i think that we keep uh sort of focusing on this topic because as we sort of get out of these one these sort of societal pressures and expectations we have of relationships and start to really navigate it on our own uh we start to recognize that there are more there's more that goes into it um so we're constantly learning. Uh, I think if we ever stop talking about relationships, we might be in trouble um, because <laughs> I don't think any relationship we're in is stagnant. And I think that your relationships are pretty vital to who you are as a person. Uh, so yeah, I think people are constantly trying to learn how to show up in relationships. How do they ask people to show up for them um, mm -hmm. and just what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ashani, Keshav, what do you think there? Yeah, um, I think, I, I agree with everything Jamal is saying as well. And I think that essential, just the essential nature of, of we are inherently social creatures. And so mm -hmm. that just being such a core part of our being. Um, and yet, and so yet we are not necessarily I think like something that Kesha and I do through our workshops is like no one taught us how to communicate. No, no one like how do we do that? And suddenly we're just meant to figure that out by trial and error, error and learning and from other examples and and like how much time will be intentionally spent in in our youth, which we then carry forward thinking about how do I communicate? How do I show up? What does a relationship mean? Um, but at the same time, I think like we were saying earlier, like how we how much are we focused on ourselves and poured into ourselves and so when we haven't done that kind of inner work it then spurs out and then manifests and we start projecting on others so there's this constant interplay of like like pouring into others but then pouring into ourselves and that always that giving and taking that i think like jamal was saying it'll make it a never-ending conversation an area of curiosity um yeah and yeah, so I think it just is, it's it's like what life, I think this is the essence of life is like people and, and mm -hmm. at the same time, like, I think it's Sartre who says that hell is other people, but at the same time, heaven is other people. And so mm -hmm. to navigate, they can be your biggest source of joy, um, but also the biggest source of, of pain as well. Um, and in, living in that in between and how we, how we navigate that. So I think that's why it's just mm. a never conversation. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I have nothing further to add because I feel like what Jamal and Ishani have said has is, is so aptly captured it. And, you know, why are relationships such a hot topic? Because they're so close to us, but they're also, like we say, that we also feel at no point in history have we been more connected 
and had more means to communicate with her, yet there is an increase in the number of people who feel isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And there are so many mm -hmm. people out there, and I've felt it myself, where you can be in a room full of people, but you feel totally alone. And that that's a, a tragedy, uh, which I also don't believe is something new. I think it's a variation of the same things. And as you were speaking, Jamal, I was thinking about that, that whole thing of like, there's it, it's it's kind of crowded in a relationship because there's my idea of who i think you are and then my idea of who i think you should be and then mm. your idea of who i who you think i should be mm -hmm. and also if i'm warring with myself there's these multiple parts fear anger you know that whole inside out thing from the pixar movie that <laughs> eating to decide you know which version yeah. of you is showing up and and many of those things are unspoken and it, and those unspoken expectations breed resentment and frustration in relationships and often we don't have that ability compassion patience to have those dialogues and honest conversations because they're tough right and we can push people away inadvertently or or, or consciously and so it's tricky but i also think and then i was asking myself does it have to be is it has it always did we learn it that way or is it different and and i think um often we especially with social media and things we think we we know someone but we really only see what they are able to or what they choose to share in that edited version of ourselves and and i think that also adds a layer of complexity to it so we're constantly changing i, I was thinking of um one of my favorite albums, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And in one of the, the mm. in-between um, uh, interludes, she says, you know, I'm, I'm just getting to know me. So, you know, when you say, you know, who are you? It's like, I don't know. I'm still getting to know who the real Lauren Hill is. And I, I really relate to that because I'm constantly being and becoming. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's so difficult. Uh, and one, one final thing that I just want to add is we often hold on to an image or an idea of a person that we have that's taken from a very fixed moment in time. So let's say you're really assertive with me one day and you speak in a slightly stern voice. And I, and I take that as like, Oh, Mikel or Candice is always, they're like, they're just really angry. And, and that I build my whole confirmation bias and perception around that. So, you know, that's why we're trying to figure it out and we're talking about it. And, oh, you know, so yeah, but the relationships are also wonderful, and I and I, despite all I've said, I I love people, and I love being around people, with people, and all of that. Yeah, Ooh. I love that. So um, it it reminds me of um, the the term um, I talk about it all the time. This whole idea of a coded narrative, and how we we code all of these narratives about other people based on our own experiences and values and all those things. And then we expect them to operate in this coded narrative that we're projecting onto them that have absolutely nothing to do with them. Maybe it does, maybe there's some elements, but it really has more to do with us than it does them. And we don't then create the space for them to tell us and show up how they are, how they want to be. Um, but we just say, nope, this is, this, this is the narrative of you that makes me comfortable. So that's what mm -hmm. I need you to do. <laughs> that's yeah. who I need you to be. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me think connected to what Kesha was saying of 
of all, all these things we collect along the way, our, our history of experiences with ourselves, with others. And when I think about just children and how they interact with one another, it doesn't, it's just like, hey, that's a cool toy. Can I play? You know what I mean? It's it's so free from the baggage yeah. and the weight. And it's so innocent. And it's, to me, the, the a way I wish a lot of adults, we were able to connect without the stories, without the mask mm -hmm. and, and without the armor. And I think a lot of us are leaning into that. Even when I think about the status of our current relationships with ourselves, we're leaning yeah. into that. Yeah. On that note, is there, when you look over your life, even from childhood, what was your first meaningful relationship? And how do you think that relationship has shaped your relational frame of reference? I can, I can start us off. Um, like the first one that came to mind um, was my relationship with my grandma my maternal grandma um because they like first is my parents but they feel like they're there you know but the, the other person who comes in is uh, is my grandma and we were extremely close um she was my best friend and is my guardian angel right now for sure um and i do fundamentally believe that she's the one who connected me to keshev um which is a whole different story um but i feel like that was the gift that she left me in on this earth um oh my and i was gosh. thinking mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, that caught me for a moment. Okay. <laughs> I really, really, um, and, and I think one of the things that I think there's, there's a relationship with, with grandparents is, is it, and can be anything why it's special is, is how much she showed the unconditional love by, by showing, by like giving me her time in abundance. Mm. Because, and I think it's it's the part of the, for so many reasons, you know, they are, she was retired when I was, when I was kind of got into an age when I remember things. And so like, and her joy came from, let me spend time with my grandchildren. And I'm going to sit and listen to all of their stories. And I'm going to sit and play games with them. And I'm, I'm so interested in every tiny bit of them. And, and I think that pressure of being the parent has been lifted. So it's just pure love and pure joy. And, and that, like I said, that abundance of time has, is something that has shaped to me what, what I think the way I see, like the best way you can give love um, or show your present is, and I think it's so hard today. And I'm sure I start, it's something I really struggle with now is like how, how to give and give as much time and totally un, undivided attention, like as if there is nothing more important for me than to see you right now. And I think that gave me such a sense of value. Like I am valuable. I have interesting, funny stories and my dances are amazing. Like, you know, that sense of self-esteem of like, I am really entertained this, this woman. She loves when I do things and <laughs> and I have something to offer. And like we were saying, like Candice, the gifts that you have, like she showed me from a young age that I have gifts. Mm. Um, and so I think that's, that's carried me through in the relationships. Like I always want to find the gifts in, in other people. And mm -hmm. I try and it's something I'm working on. I think how to show, give that full abundance of my attention and time. Um, and in this busy world, it's like, okay, I can meet you for an hour and then we've got to go. And then, and, and like internally that doesn't fit right. Um, and it's something I want to work on. Um, and I think she really set the paradigm for me in, in that. Wow. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go. Uh, I think that 
what my mom comes to mind immediately when I think of meaningful relationship, uh, my mom and my siblings. So I'm the middle child of five um, and I was raised by a single mother. So I, I feel like there, obviously, you know, she's working and she's dealing with five kids. And so there was not a lot of time given to each individual kid. Um, and I also think as children, you know, as hard as our parents try, whether they like to or not, some of the things we're gonna internalize is gonna be negative. Um, and so I feel like just being the middle child, having siblings, there was always uh, just discourse uh, mm. between me and my siblings. And then, you know, with a single mom, not everybody gets to have a lot of attention. There's five of us. Um, and so I felt like, and I, I ended up, I feel like taking on the role of like helping my mom out. So I'd be helping with cleaning and cooking and things like that. And so I feel like I did grow up at a pretty young age. Um, and I felt like a lot of my internalization was me internalizing emotions. Cause I was like, well, she doesn't really have time to, you know, deal with me stressed about this or stressed about mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got older, I found that like, a lot of times when I'm dealing in relationships, I'm like feeling a certain way, but not conveying that feeling to people at the risk of inconveniencing them or making them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather maintain the peace is what I feel like I got a lot um, from growing up in my household. And so that's why I was kind of talking earlier about, you know, maintaining your peace and recognizing the difference in being assertive versus being aggressive. And I had to like relearn how to do all of that because, you know, I had this deep connection with my mom and I was the helper. Um, mm -hmm. And so I feel like I went into a lot of my relationships uh, in, in young adulthood wanting to be the helper uh, and being the friend that was there for everybody and, you know, not really needing people to be there for me. Uh, the therapist friend, you know, that friend. Um, so I think like learning to get out of that, learning to, you know, also put my needs and interests out there um, and, and not in the lens of, oh, I hope this doesn't make you uncomfortable or I hope this isn't like weird for our relationship. It's just, it's just needs that are being expressed. And so I feel like that was uh, a huge relational frame uh, mm. coming out of childhood that I, it took a long time for me to like navigate. And, you know, I, I'm still navigating it. There are some relationships I still feel like where I'm, I'm kind of like reluctant to say if I like, you know, I'm like uncomfortable with something or I disagree with something. And I'm like, well, why am I doing this? I'm like, I know this person will be okay with me being honest about, you know, my opinions and feelings, but it, it's just me. I'm the one holding me back. Um, and so it's still something I'm learning to work on, but it, it was really from that first relationship uh, with my mom and my siblings. Yeah. I feel like so much of what you all have, have already shared just kind of ties this whole idea of, you know, where you are with yourself, right? You, the, the status that, that you have and how you're maintaining that and how you're defining all of these relationships. And so uh, I'm wondering then how that, applies to um, being able to have, maintain um, healthy relationships, reciprocal relationships. And if, if that, if the relationship that you have with yourself is broken, bruised, or battered, or if the relationship that you have with yourself is growing, changing, 
you know, uh, I don't know, you're discovering some new things. Like how, how does that, like, what's that balance there? Like, how can you have, or can you have healthy relationships when you're also dealing with maybe parts of yourself where you're growing or exploring, or maybe it's a little, you have some tension there um, with yourself or with the status of your relationship with yourself? I will just briefly say that my immediate thought to that is I think you can, but I do not think that it will be durable. Mm. I don't think that you'll be able to maintain that relationship for a long time if you um, if your relationship with yourself is broken. Now that you know, different people may think that you can, but I just I don't think that it will be healthy, reciprocal, or meaningful. Um, if your relationship with yourself is broken for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming to mind for me is, 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 is the question of like, what is a broken relationship with mm-hmm. oneself? And mm-hmm. like you were saying, that distinction kind of said, I'm growing and I'm learning. And how do you know if it's like, okay, this is broken. This means like I need to, like I agree, Jamal. Like if it's like a broken relationship, that is like, you know, I need to, I need to be in kind of in my isolation. Mm-hmm. I need to work on this. And how, like how, I'm just curious to know, like, what are the indicators to know if that's broken? Like, and if you've experienced that, we're like, hang on, I need to really sit back and and just reassess. Versus like I'm growing on the, I'm working on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's, you know, part of it is um, the repetitive things that might be happening in your life or with your relationships where you're like, why does this keep happening? Like over and over and over again. And you do that kind of introspective look. Is it me? Did I, you know, did I do something? And then, you know, usually, well, no, it's them. No, it's never. No, it's not ever. No, no. Or it's, you know, yeah, I need to I need to stop and take a moment and I need to address some things um, Mm -hmm. so that I can so that I'm healed in a way or I can find some healing and then and then maybe I'll venture out. I'll find find some space. I uh, went through um, divorce recovery therapy and which I needed to do. And, you know, there's always this whole, well, you know, before you enter this next relationship after divorce, you need to give yourself a year or two years or whatever. So there's no time limit on that. I needed to go through a whole lot of divorce recovery therapy before I was ready to enter a new relationship and, and, and have a meaningful relationship with that person. So it, it was several years before I really was in a relationship dating okay yeah okay let me get out of here and see what's out here but in a, an actual relationship it took a long time because there were parts of me who that needed to heal but i had to identify that i had to be okay with identifying to say nope i'm not ready hmm. and so did you feel there was a moment where you're like okay i'm i'm ready mm-hmm. 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 yeah 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 and i i always i look at the fruit a lot of times right like you look at just the fruit in your own life like look at your relationships with the people that you work with look at the relationships you have in your family look at the relationships that you have just like in your social communities if like as candace was saying if there's a pattern of either um tension and tension comes with relationships so 
there is no perfect relationship, right? It ebbs and flows through the whole range of emotions. But if there's a consistent pattern of like tension and frustration and having expectations of people that they don't know you have that expectation, so they never meet them. So you're always disappointed. To me, that is a good indicator that your relationship with yourself is very fragile. There's some level of self-acceptance, some level of self-respect that is waning and deficient. And you're going to see it in multiple relationships that that you have. And I'm, I'm using that for my own life. <laughs> yeah. I think it, as, as Jamal said, your relationships won't be as durable or as meaningful. They'll, they're more than likely be surface and very fragile. First time something happens, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keshev, what's what's top of mind for you? What do you I I um I could really relate to what you said, Jamal. So I was, I was smiling because I felt like you were describing me. Um and actually Ishani knows this because she's the one who's helped me learn this is I only learned to have needs or, or to not to have needs to articulate them. And, and we have a constant, like, well, not so much now, but um, I, for a long time, really believed. And I that that level of wanting to be a helper in relationships, I took to like a, a crazy next level. And um, a previous therapist of mine, we, we, we laugh about it now because I, I started off our therapy uh, and I said, um, she asked me about my needs and I was like, I don't have any needs. Like I try and have as little needs as possible. Mm. And I was, I was like really sold on that and really like, yeah, that's just what I do. And I'm, um, one of three, um, brothers. So one of four boys, I got three brothers. I'm also in the middle. So I could relate to a lot of what you were saying. Um, and yeah, like I, that 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 whole you know I, I, I have so many times where Shani said to me like but I, I want to know you like I I want to know and I was so not used to even considering that or mm-hmm. saying it out loud um and I was thinking about what you were all talking about in relation to an abusive relationship or a toxic relationship because often it's not that we have we often have the same relationship or same variation of it again and again um and before i found my happily ever after i i went through that cycle and i it was only very very later on that i was talking i was i was like i was i'd healed from all those things and i was in a happier place but a friend of mine we were talking and and she said actually all of what it's not just one toxic relationship you had it sounds like you they were all like that they were all abusive and they were all like there was a pattern there so i was just thinking about like often in our in our culture we like to put a lot of pressure and focus on the individual and i think sometimes that's i'm not sure that's i'm not sure what what is whether it's helpful or harmful because there is a a portion of personal responsibility we have to take but also sometimes there are people out there who will take advantage of you and and who are who are conscious of what they're doing and and you are a target and um i really don't say this lightly and i and i i i i went to see like several different therapists psychologists because i didn't believe that it was true i really believe that 
I'm making this up to make myself feel better. Mm. Um, but now that I look back, I can see that, yes, it what I had some responsibility, but it wasn't really my fault in a way. Mm-hmm. And I, I simply say that in a compassionate sense, because saying that to someone who's a survivor of, um, of abuse, it's, 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 it's almost like, you know, that whole thing of like, you chose this, you attracted this. And it's like, I really didn't, I really tried to communicate. Well, I read all the books. I did all the personality tests. I went to therapy. I spoke calmly in uh, an argument. I tried to really work on my, myself and all those things. I think, um, that question around like, can you have healthy relationships if you don't have a good relationship with yourself? And I, I could relate to what you're saying, Candice, in the sense that there's really no timeline on these things because um, I remember when uh, Ishani and I first got together, there were people who loved me in my inner circle who really felt like you're moving too quickly. But and we 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 joke that like from the day we went from best friends to being together we like it was just like it was no like it was just we just i just we just knew um and one of the things that i just i cut and i because i knew my relationship myself i knew like yeah this is it like this is i just i just i have to trust that but it was so hard for me to trust that because of all these other messages yeah. of like oh you're supposed to wait and you're not supposed like mm-hmm. you're supposed, it has to be like as me this much time and blah 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 and 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 actually the thing that just helped me was just go like, yeah, but what do you think? What do you think? And that, but then it, I guess it comes back to what you were all saying about, you have to have that relationship with yourself. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the things I was, I was reflecting on as, as you were all speaking. Um, yeah. Any thoughts or reactions? how Keshav kind of tied all the pieces together that he was hearing. It's such a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it really is. It's such a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, even just to think about the messages that you internalize based upon the observations you have of other relationships or other people in relationships around you, um, you know, your relationships, you the ones that you see um, kind of flourishing or happening around you as you grow up as a child with your, maybe your grandparents or your parents or your aunts and uncles and all these, you know, all these different ways in which people are entering and exiting relationships and just what you take away from that and then how you use that information or how you use what you've observed or what you assume is happening. Um, and, and just how it kind of shapes the way in which you interact and how you see a relationship or define a relationship for yourself. It's, it's all such a journey. And then when you finally get to the point where you say, I'm defining this for myself because I have to live in this relationship and be in this relationship without all of these other people. Mm. It's like a little light bulb goes off in your head. Like, Oh, I've been spending all of my time worrying about, trying to fit into all these little boxes about how other people think I should be in a relationship. And then you're like, oh, that was just a bunch of wasted time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, you learn from it and all. I mean, it's all learning. It's all a journey. But, you know, you do get to get to that point. Where you're like, this is my relationship. I got to figure this relationship out. Whatever y'all think about it does not. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think you just need there. There has to be some level of self-awareness. Like you have to find that be conscious some level of self-awareness. And this is why I think therapy is so great because no one's perfect. Yeah. We're all biased, you know, but to, to sit across from somebody and for them to walk you through that, that is so powerful and so beneficial. Um, and that level of self-awareness is, you know, it's not just going to magically come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that having those relationships with therapists and things are just so powerful because you're like, wait a minute, now that I'm thinking through this and <laughs> someone who's has nothing to do with my life experiences yeah. is telling me to, is walking me through this. It's like, wait a minute, now I'm understanding the patterns. I'm understanding what's internal, the external influences. And so I really, I think that um, that's very important. Yeah, yeah. Before, before I ask about how you all make meaningful deposits in your relationships. I'm, I'm struck by something Jamal said and something Keshav kind of pushed on or um, extended. This idea of communicating your needs, right? And I, there's multiple challenges with it, but I heard a challenge of one, even identifying what you need. Like, how do you even articulate to yourself? What is it that I need? And then how do you communicate that to others that you're in relationship with? as to what you need. So what advice would you all give any listener that's like, I don't know how to communicate my needs. I'm, or they say the assumption, well, what's the point of communicating my need? They're not going to meet it anyway. Right. So what's like, what's two steps, one step, a tip that you would give for one, identifying your needs and then communicating your needs. I, I I would say that um, because I, at first I was like I don't know if I'm qualified to tell you because I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to work on this but I what I find helpful is having scaffolding in place so if I'm asking myself what my needs I I, I follow the following formula so maybe grab a pen and paper or something but <laughs> and I like to channel this is like what I need from you is blank and the way I would like that is blank. And this would help me in blank way. And I, and I try and walk myself through though, that little bit of like a little bit of a script. Cause I, I sometimes, you know, in the moment I forget or I, I get confused or whatever. So I just come back to this little sentence starter and I just ask like, okay, what I need from this person is this and the reason I need it and what that looks like as well, because I really believe it, you do, you get what you pitch for. And so if you're more specific about, okay, I need you to do the laundry and then do, I don't know, whatever the the ask is, but just being um, specific because we're not mind readers as well. And that's something that I um, try to go to. And and in terms of a second part to that is just trying to find the highest common good that you share and trying to like appeal to that and, and, and get closer to that because I think that also helps um, those conversations as to, you know, people don't just buy what you say. It's it's how you say it and why you're saying it. So I think that's that's an important part. Is, um, and the reason, you know, this is important to me. But 
equally sometimes i'm like but then maybe i'm over explaining it as well so that's also like a, a thing isn't it um and a quick thing i wanted to mention you know we um it's, it's on a tangent but something that i'm really grateful for is um growing up i had a lot of intergenerational interconnected relationships so it wasn't just my family it was my extended family and that whole tribe and village that really helped to give me access to some of the things that i didn't have as a child so um super tangent but i just wanted to throw that in there as well about culture and how sometimes um you know that's very normal in indian culture if you go to india you know like your neighbor will just walk into your your like at your house and like be like oh like i made you some i made you this do you want some and and i i enjoyed that while i was visiting a few years ago that like is there's less boundaries but it's it's also the the flip side is it's cool because we're not as like so separate as well and i i think that's so nice to view these things from a different cultural lens mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think it's just important to one recognize that your needs are valid that's your needs are valid you're not asking mm -hmm. for too much i think that a lot of times uh you know how we, we were talking about earlier how all these experiences are sort of informing our views and and so i think a lot of times people ask uh for their needs uh they people can re usually recognize their needs and then people ask for their needs and oftentimes they're in relationships with people that can't provide them those needs and mm -hmm. so when that happens over and over you get in this framework like this mindset of i, I just don't need to ask because this person isn't going to meet my needs well, this person just isn't the right person, you know, for you in this relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that recognizing, you know, not everybody is going to meet your needs, but that doesn't mean uh, that they become invalid. And that doesn't mean you should ever stop asking for them. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Yeah. I love Ashani, it. any any tip or anything you would round out in terms of needs? Um, I think like a... a I have no, again, no expert in, in this in any way, but something that like a self-created tool that Kashif and I use like at the beginning, he said he wasn't good at expressing his needs um, in that, I wouldn't say not good at, but like wasn't expressing his needs that wasn't, didn't come naturally. Um, and I was like, I, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know them. And so I was like, I think the analogy that I use them is like, you put your needs on the table, I'll put my needs on the table, and then we can look at the table together kind of objectively with as a collective view of like these are all the needs on the table and like how are we going to navigate this so like as a team so it's not it's not selfish for you to do that because i can i will do the same and as a team we can look at these needs and like create a strategy together of what we're going to address and there'll be times where in like my need will prioritize as a result of that or yours will be prioritized but we're making those decisions with all the information um, and that helps both of us because uh -huh. we're making that decision together with the full mm -hmm. information. If we don't give the, your information, it's going to like, I, I don't want that and you don't want that. So it doesn't lead us as a team together. So I think that was that was how we did that was let's put and that's the phrase we still is let's put it all on the table. And mm -hmm. it's kind of that, makes it more objective because we're going to look at that table rather than like a confrontation. This is mine. This is your need. How are they going to battle out? It's like, no, they're all now out and we can play like a jigsaw piece and put it together in a way that that works and just reassess and come back to that jigsaw again and again. So that yeah. was a, that was a tool that I don't know if it's a tool, but 
yeah phrase that we use put it on the table yeah. what i'm taking away from that so helpful is is the point that jamal just made one you and kesha there's a desire and a capacity to meet the need of mm -hmm. the person that you're in relation with and it does not have to be romantic it could be platonic it could be your work team right there's a desire and the capacity you can put it on the table, but there may not be the desire and there may not be the capacity to meet that need. And then what is your what is your next you know, response to remain in alignment with yourself and what what you need? So good stuff. What meaningful deposits do you all make in your relationships and what's been the return of that investment? It's hard to answer because I it's language that that I don't I don't I don't think of it always as like my return on investment and it's very financial language of like I I put in ten pounds and now where's my eleven pounds or eleven dollars? <laughs> you know, and I, and I and I think that's relationships are a place you go to give, not necessarily to always get. And your needs are also important, but I think um and again I, I caveat this because this is just it's it's works to an extent um but when yeah what deposits have i made in relationships um i know i'm making many but i don't i don't maybe and maybe it's better if i did but i don't sit and look for account because I, I i've i've really been brought up to and i really um resonate with the value of trying to give selflessly without expectation or um one of my favorite um quotes or ideas is from the bhagavad gita and it's just this idea that you should be engaged with your work or what you do but also detached at the same time and um in hindu philosophy it's about like when you go to the temple you offer a piece of fruit um to god and you like do your worship and everything and it's trying to teach you this idea that do the work but then also try to detach yourself from the outcome mm. um and i think that's mm. a really tricky thing to practice mm. or to do um especially when like i described you're such a helper and overgiver and and you're not good at asking for your needs but um yeah, there's some, I think I, I feel like I've been making those big deposits, you know, with my family, etc. Um, but I also, uh, I choose, I think the difference is I'm not forced to do those things. I'm choosing to do those things. So, so it, it, it's meaningful to me as well. And I'm in that way, I'm kind of getting something from it. I don't know if I've answered the question, but mm -hmm. that's some of my thoughts on it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Other thoughts? I really think that one of my deposits is just understanding and sort of acceptance. I had a, a friend tell me one time, he was like, you know, Jamal, the reason everybody's friends with you is you just accept people for like as they are. And, and I'm just like, well, what's my thought is, I, I was like, what's the other option? 
you know, it, it's so easy for me to say, for me to come into a relationship and be like, well, I know why I do some of the things I do. Like I know my standpoint in society and how that's affected um, my life and, you know, how I handle people. I know nothing about your standpoint, you know, um, obviously, you know, you interact with people and I'm like, we're not the most compatible friends, but like, who am I to try to change that, you know? Um, and so I really think just like understanding and acceptance. Um, uh, Candace was talking earlier about how we sort of, this coded narrative that we expect people to act in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the moment you realize that everybody is not going to act the way you expect them to, life becomes a lot less stressful, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that that's really important. And then the other one I want to say is honesty. I am very honest with my friends um, and I expect them to be very honest with me. I think that's, how, you know, can I be too blunt maybe? Uh, but that's why, you know, I'm not friends with everybody. Um, but I think <laughs> honesty is just so important because uh, I think a lot of people get caught up in your friends needing to just like be on your side all the time. And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, you can you can tell me you're not agreeing with this or we can disagree with this. I think one that's I think that's how you build genuine relationships. Yep. And I think that's how you don't shy away from conflict. Conflict mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Uh, we're just having this disagreement. We're just, it's a new perspective. Um, it's something I didn't think about and wouldn't have thought about had you not told me. Um, so I really value putting honesty in my relationships and then getting that honesty back. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Jamal, you are all, all in my notes, all in my notes about <laughs> conflict. Living between the space of conflict and compromise. I'm not even going to get on my soapbox with that because that's, <laughs> you have to live between that space. You know, what's so funny not about too. that question though, um, Mikhail, is that yeah. I, I kind of, <laughs> I immediately went to, well, I know all of the deposits that I made in the relationships that did not work. Mm. I can, I can mm. count those up. Yeah. I can put them in a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I know, right? mm -hmm. I know there was very little return on those investments. Like yeah. I can count that. Mm -hmm. But in my in my in my marriage, um, it's it's a lot of give and take, and I don't I don't always see it because it's because it's working, right? <laughs> like whatever you know, the yeah. interactions, the relationships, you know, how we are engaging and talking and communicating, like all of those things are working. But I can tell you exactly. Without mm -hmm. a doubt, mm -hmm. it didn't work. I'm counting it up. I can tell you. Let me tell you this. I did this and this and this and this. Yeah, and this. yeah, and, and, mm -mm. yeah. I don't see no fruits of my labor. Yeah, <laughs> especially if, especially if you if you look at it from like a transactional standpoint yep. or like an equity standpoint of points, right? Mm -hmm. But when you think about just the meaningful deposits you've made in relationships and the return that you weren't even expecting of how it sharpened your perspective yeah. or how you saw your blind spot and you grew from it. Or yeah. you realize that across any racial or ethnic differences, there is humanity that we all experience. And, and the return on investment to me expands how you even see the world, how you see others and how you see yourself. Mm -hmm that yeah. you never went into that relationship or you did it for that, but it's like, whoa, 
this was yep. the return on how it impacted me both for the good or the not so good. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I, I, I want to maybe switch gears just a little bit because I think we've been real serious. And so I wanted to ask a couple of things that are maybe a little lighter, just a little bit lighter. So, I, I, you know, I'm curious, you know, how mm, social media plays a role in the way in which we develop these wonderful relationships or um, if there are celebrity relationships or fictional relationships, relationships in Hollywood that reflect who we are or are influential in how we develop our relationships. All right, I will. I will. I will start us off with with some thoughts. Um, I don't know. I just. I think I was hesitant to add to this. It's almost cliche to say, you know, like in this virtual world and connection and 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 that. So I was just trying to think of something that sounded a bit more um, <laughs> deep than that. Um, but what I, I like, I I have said for several years now is like I wish I just didn't have a smartphone like. I just get overwhelmed <laughs> from unread messages and group chats. Um, and like got to a point where I felt like it's an obligation to, to respond. It's an obligation to reply and like, mm-hmm. and like, oh, I have to go, I haven't replied. And then you forget, and then you forget. And then you feel really bad that you forgot. And like, mm-hmm. and I, you know, just like that cycle of that versus like, I, I, don't know, I keep saying I want to do this one day. I don't know if I will, but I was like, not have a smartphone if you want to speak to me you can call me and we'll and we will speak on the phone um and just like because i feel like that's when i will connect otherwise i'm having like this is kind of going off tangent but i think it's related in the sense that it affects the relationship with myself as well right in that way so i think it's so both are so interconnected and so recognizing that how they both interplay with each other and so just the ability to like send a quick message in the middle of any any kind of your, your train of thoughts are going in a process and suddenly it pings and then you're like this and then i gotta reply and then there's a meme mm. i laughed yeah. at the meme and they're like oh that person wants to know if i'm free on friday and then am i free let me other 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 group and it's just like, how and i and anyone who probably knows me right now in the last few years knows that i'm i i'm not good at replying getting to that but it makes me feel like a really bad friend like a lot mm. and I, I hold a lot of guilt around that because I want to show up for people, but I don't know how to when I'm constantly accessible. Um, mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. currently live in another country and I've lived in like six different places in the last 10 years. So I have lots of groups around and because it's, and I, I would love to like have an intentional face to face or on the phone at least and like a long one hour and I may not speak to you three months later, but mm-hmm. that was like strong and that was deep. Yeah, maybe then goes back to full circle with my grandma. Like it was the undivided attention, and that's what we have. Um, So I think that for me is something that I'm struggling with. Like, how do you stay connected, Um, and how that's affecting my relationship with myself? I think as well, because it feels like I'm not showing up for people because I'm not replying. But and Mm. like if we were together, if we're on the phone, and we had that type, I would show up in such a better way. I know I could. Um, yeah. so that's something that's coming to mind. 
Mm. You know, uh, as the resident Gen Zer, I'm gonna get on here and say I really don't think social media is all that bad. Um, <laughs> it, granted, obviously there's some you know negative effects that we're aware of, but I, I I think social media. You know, we were talking about how you just sort of have this constant access to information, right? And so, and, and, you know, not all the information is great, but mm-hmm. some of it is. Some of it, you know, there are so many people in our world who we were talking about earlier how, uh, one, a lot of people don't grow up understanding what conflict resolution is. Um, and you, you have these videos on, you know, TikTok, Instagram. This is what conflict resolution looks like. Here's how you say, and th- there's so many examples of how to have positive relationships or people sharing their experiences with positive relationships. Um, I, I think one of the biggest trends, uh, it has been the whole gentle parenting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's something that like, you know, n- people are like, oh, but it, it's this huge video trend of showing how parents react to their children in like a stern, but like positive way. And so I, I think that social media can obviously play some good roles and some bad roles in our relationship. I think it's important about, you know, your relationship with social media too, and what you're trying to get from there. I think it really does come from that. Um, But this access, I I thought it was so funny. I agree with the whole, you know, I have friends from college, I have friends from high school and here and here, and everybody wants to message and everybody wants to respond. I tell my friends, look, my phone stays on do not disturb. Twenty from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I'll get to the notification when I get to the notification. Um, but <laughs> if it's an emergency, you know to call me twice or press notify. Um, but that's just because there are rules to one, this. I love there, there are rules to there this. Rules you know, to I, this. <laughs> yeah. I do not want to be bombarded and have that overwhelming. Like I enjoy staying connected with people that I've been friends with for years, even if we talk on the phone once every six months, or I only see you in person every few months, I know that we still have that connection. Um, and, and I don't want the constant messages to take away from that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I try to filter when I'm ready to accept them and when I have that capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like you could maybe teach me a few things on how to use my phone effectively (laughs) to not get overwhelmed. Uh, We could do a little seminar on that for us millennials. (laughs) I know, you said, I'm thinking, do not disturb. Yeah, I mean, no, you can And then what do you do? You can do what with it? (laughs) (laughs) What do you tell these people? What, what, how do you do this? Where is my phone? I need a tutorial. Yeah. Right, right. What? What do you all love the most about the relationships in the community that you currently are in and, and have right now in the season of life? I love that everyone's really taking their time to consider the question and and sit with it. I can again. I can I can jump in because um, like it came pretty strong to me because he said at this moment 
Um, so I'm living in a place that two years ago, I didn't know anyone here. Um, like it's only been a year and a half that I've lived here and feel like a very strong sense of community. Um, and what I, I really appreciate about that is, is how this community is just is, is created out of nothing. So I think within like, and, and how everyone has just stepped up and recognized and like, I think to build such a strong community in such a quick time, like to come in with that sense of trust and that openness and I've got you, we're all moving to a new place together. So we're going to build, come together and, and build that and support each other and be each other's family, be each other's support group, be each other's everything. Cause we're all in that boat together. And so, um, I think I'm just appreciating that, that openness and that vulnerability is that is required to, to get to that level um and that generosity um to offer that support like i feel like i have so many people here that i can call in in a in a second and um yeah i'm just i'm, I'm very grateful for that that openness and that like inner humanity of like we're all, we're all like we're all in this together so let's let's be there for each other and i um i just really appreciate that that recognition yeah. Sounds like a collective. Hmm. Yeah, my first thought in thinking about uh, the community and the relationships in my life right now, I just felt, I, I thought nourishing. Mm -hmm. It's so nourishing. I, I think coming to Austin and coming to law school, I had a lot of misconceptions about law school. I think that, you know, everybody tries to make it terrifying. Um, and <laughs> the coursework is exhausting. Mm -hmm. but you know, everyone tries to tell you the type of person that's going to be here. Um, and I found that getting into the law school community was just so refreshing. Um, everyone is so intentional. I felt like I really got, um, I feel like I really got my first sense of being in like a black community being here. We have the Thurgood Marshall Legal Society um, for black law students. And like, that was such a great experience for me. Um, just not feeling like I've really had that um, black community connection mm -hmm. uh, growing up. And and then just like everyone else outside of that, all of the people, all of my classmates that I've gotten to know and become close friends with. I mean, these people are, it, it, we're going back once again to, you know, having to navigate my needs and express my needs. I feel like these people were like telling me what I needed, you know, they're like, we're gonna bring you this, like, we know you're stressed and do you need a hug? Like just, and I'm just like, <laughs> people are just so intentional about caring for other people, mm -hmm. recognizing we don't all have perfect days. Like mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, I wasn't feeling well. They were like, Jamal, go home. Like I'll record the lecture for you. I'll send you my, it, it, and it's just like these people that genuinely, when you're around people that genuinely care about you, you, you find yourself just like pulling down these guards you didn't even know you had up. And so mm. I really feel like being a part of this community has been nourishing and it's helped me. Um, you know, I, I was talking earlier how my relationship with myself is like my soulmate. And I'm like, these people are part of that reason. Like I've been able to have mm -hmm. a relationship with myself because I've had people pour into me when I'm also pouring into them. And I've really, I've really enjoyed the community I've established here. It's so powerful. Yeah. I love that for you. <laughs> Any other thoughts? So
So before we, we come into a close, I, I wouldn't want to close this topic without, I'm going to put you on the spot some, Ashani, without your story of disrupting uh, norms as it relates <laughs> to relationships. And you have a very beautiful story that I would love for you to share how you agitated and disrupted the status quo, if you will, as it relates to a particular move in life. Ooh, okay. I have, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, again, I'm just pink like, hair dyed. <laughs> you dyed your hair pink. Yeah, that, that was one of them. Um, <laughs> I wish it was like a nice subtle segue into into like um into this, but like uh, which it was, but um and and the funny thing is like to me it's not a it didn't feel like a big, and that's why I think I get a bit I'm a bit nervous to speak about it because it doesn't feel like a big, you know, huge movement like a huge brave thing that I did. To me, it felt very natural, um, and so it doesn't feel necessarily rebellious in that way um it is act, act of love and i think um when that when that love in you is so strong those social social norms kind of just fall fall apart and love is love is, is love and i think that's exactly what that is and so i there was a social norm that that in a, in a heterosexual relationship the man would propose to the to the woman and i proposed to my partner um to Keshav here um and and that just that just i mean to me it wasn't even a, a question like this was this was the most incredible human and and gift i've ever could have even imagined and and I don't think it even occurred to me, and I well, I think it, I don't even know where the idea came from um, that I wanted to propose. And I think it's just an appreciation of how I was raised that like to defy those gender norms and those don't restrict that. And um, in fact, I like I I I I wanted to express like I I want to I want to marry this man and I want to ask him. And and um, only I think after the fact, I after like some responses from people being like, oh, that's brave and. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's brave to express love in in and in, in a way, yeah. but it also just felt so natural. And I don't think, I think, yeah, I'm just struggling with the words because it just felt right. And I think that came to a point we said right at the beginning of like that inner knowing and what feels right to you. And when you know that's so strong, it doesn't matter what people around you are saying. Um, and we both had a chance to propose to each other. That's what I remember very early on. I think we saw, I think we saw it somewhere, Keshav. We saw, a, I think, a, maybe a video or something. And this is to social media. So Jamal, you're absolutely right. There's so much goodness that comes from that too. <laughs> or something like that. And Keshav was like, oh, that's so cool that like the woman proposed in that. And that was like another, like one of the thousand ticks. Like, this is my guy. Like the, a guy who is like, that's cool rather than, and I've had some responses about in other ways around, you know, some like anti-feminist responses to that. And he's like, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah, you're definitely my guy. Like he's like, yeah. <laughs> and so I no. kind of tricked him for, for until I got a chance to propose into thinking, saying that I wasn't going to do that. And I was like, it made it so. And so when, when I did, I think it was a, um, a surprise in a, in a beautiful one. I think <laughs> what I've loved is he has been so proud to tell everyone that again. So I think that's also <laughs> of like, it is not a threat to my sense of masculinity in any way. Like he's so proud that 
yeah my to be yeah. wife he loves it and that's another um i don't know if that's that's hard for you in any way Kasha, but like the fact that he like he's like so proud of that as well um and then he had a chance to propose to me a year later and so we both got our moments so when i proposed like i got like a i got a watch in a in a box and i got down on one knee and i, and I opened it up and i did the thing um and it was it was wonderful so yeah that's such I a beautiful that. story <laughs> i know that i'm like that is just i love that <laughs> i love it breaking yes. those norms i love mm. it man mm-hmm. i mean that's just like that's like i have like the biggest smile i mean you know make a smile on my face because that is such a beautiful story i love it mm-hmm. yes i mean oh, wow. maybe maybe all be moved by love so radically that we anchor in who we are and give that love to to everyone connected to us and everyone connected to them and our relationships and our communities and every space answer. Any closing thoughts before y'all share how people can follow you, connect with you? Just on I I I just on what Ishani was saying. Um, I just want to echo that that like it's it it is radical to the world, but for us it was just really normal and natural. Um, and I, and I think that's a really wonderful, beautiful thing that um, you can create these spaces with your partner, your friends, family even just you know the bus driver like um where that that you set your own norm and and it doesn't have to be defined by this um structure or system so um i'm honored i genuinely i'm far from like it doesn't affect me in in my masculinity it's just like i'm really proud i'm like i'm like i want to tell as many people as possible cuz they need to know like this is it's so wonderful. Like, it's not even, I, I hate that. I hate that. It's like a thing that we have to, that it's radical. Like I wish it was just, oh yeah, people do that, you know? So, um, yeah, just uh, shout out to the, the love of my life and my best friend for, for such a wonderful question that I got to say yes to. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, just... That's so sweet. <laughs> I was going to close it without bringing it up. I was going to see if it was going to come up. And what you were gonna share. I, like, well, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we have time. So I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm, I tell long stories. Like I said, storytelling, I love that. I take long stories. So there's a, there's a long version of that. So I don't want to take up any more time with it. Oh, um, no. Thank you for sharing. That was, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Yes. Jamal, how can people follow you or get in contact with you and, and connect with you? Yeah, so best way to get in contact to follow me on my Instagram, it is going to be my first name, Jamal, underscore Kings, K-I-N-G-S. Um, I have an open account, so go in, feel free to message uh, I would love to continue this conversation in, you know, any way or other conversations. I, like I said, I love dialogue. So let's keep talking. 
I love it. Kasha, what about you? How do people connect or? I love um, hearing from people. And if you listen to this far, I would love to hear what your experience was as well. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash KeshavBX, K-E-S-H-A-V-B-X. And then it's the same handle on any platform. So I'm sure if you type my name in, you'll, you'll find me. And I genuinely, like I say, would love to, to hear from you. So thank you so much. Okay. Shani? Um, I was going to say, I, I, uh, I wish I had a YouTube. Um, <laughs> and uh, I can't use social media less. So, and I, but I, uh, so I'm going to, so I'm going to go with my LinkedIn, which doesn't really, I don't really use it in any professional way. Um, but it is the thing that's easily out there and accessible. Um, so that's my name, Ishani, I-S-H-A-N-I. And my last name is Parekh, P-A-R-E-K-H. Um, you do not have to send me any deep career questions on there to connect around what is your <laughs> or anything like that. Um, it's probably just the most accessible way to message me. And I would genuinely like, I would genuinely love an authentic conversation. Um, and yeah, to hear your feedback. And again, yeah, if you got this, far with listening to us i really appreciate that um and appreciate all of you for the the wisdom that you shared the presence that you shared it felt like my grandma's presence in that sense of abundance and mm. openness and love um so thank you thank you all for this for this time i really appreciate it oh you're welcome oh you better close the show shani we could just close on <laughs> yeah. on. I know, right <laughs> close on that Thank you so much for listening to the Front Porch Podcast, and we'll see you on the Front Porch soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Front Porch Podcast, where we have intimate intergenerational conversations. Resources and other goodness from this episode are in the description. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll see you next week on the Front Porch.